So a few weeks ago, might have been last week or the week before, uh, we, we spoke here uh, about reverence and the importance, yeah, it was last week, the importance of reverence uh, during the liturgy. And one of the things that we have to do uh, here, one of the things that we have the honour and privilege of doing here is um, helping people, showing people maybe even, how to be reverent. So our young people that come here, uh, how to um, bow or genuflect or, or when and all that kind of thing. Because while it might seem straightforward, uh, it's not always so, especially uh, for those who just have the, maybe the habit of bowing without bowing their head. I think I might have shown you this before, where if a person bows but doesn't bow their head, then it looks kind of like this kind of thing, which just looks just looks odd, really. <laughs> Uh, and they probably think it looks fine, but everyone else is going, oh, it looks really strange. Yes. So, so when one bows to bow one's head, and uh, then uh, go down, going down on one knee to pass in front of the tabernacle, but then the sacrament is exposed uh, down on two knees. Okay, so the reason that's important is because it's, it's, it's more for, for, for us, in the sense that why one knee or why two knees? One knee if the Lord isn't exposed, two knees if the Lord is exposed because surely the Lord is the Lord and he's there whether the door is open or not. True. Uh, we do that for us to understand the, the different degrees of, 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 of presence or the different, um, uh, how would you say, the different moments of, of, of the liturgy. Okay? So if the Blessed Sacrament is exposed, that's a more solemn moment than if the Blessed Sacrament is reposed. So if the Blessed Sacrament is exposed, then, then we should show him due reverence uh, as, as the Lord here present with us uh, in adoration, so we go down on two knees. If the Lord is reposed in the tabernacle, uh, it's not that he's less present, but it's, it's not as solemn a moment. You get it? It's not, it's not like, yeah. So, uh, but it, obviously he still deserves maximum reverence, but it's just for us that we have a way of kind of indicating or showing uh, that the Lord is, uh, that this is a solemn moment when the Lord is exposed, and it's, it's, it hasn't got the same degree of solemnity uh, when the Lord is in the tabernacle. Why is that important? Uh, it's important because we should also be aware of the fact that the tabernacle doors don't in some way block the Lord. <laughs> and that when the, when the tabernacle doors are open and suddenly there's more grace available or something. And in the same way, the Lord's presence is not limited by the walls of the chapel either nor is it limited by like a certain radius that the Lord's power after 10k, you know what I mean? Starting to, starting to kind of wane, you know what I mean? After 15k, you can barely measure it at all, and after 20k, nothing like. like so the Lord's power isn't limited by, by any distance at all. I mean, like we heard yesterday in, in our study of the Catechism, uh, St. Julian of Norwich, who saw this, this, this vision of, of God holding the whole universe, universe, not just the planet, the whole universe in his hand, something about the size of a nut, a hazelnut. You know, the whole universe is there held in God's hand. So, what do you mean the Lord's power is limited by 20K? I mean, he's holding the universe. You know what I mean? So, it's, the Lord's power is not limited. So, what's very interesting when you think about it really is that all of us are always in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament even in your bedroom, and in the shower, and in the kitchen, and mowing the grass, and out in the fields. And even if you drove, drove from here to Dublin, you'd still be in the presence of God. You know, you'd still, you'd still be in the presence of God, because it's not... So, no matter where we are, we're in the presence of God, which means, in some way, 
we should behave out there as, as we do in here. Now, obviously, like I said before, there are certain degrees of, if you will, solemnity or kind of liturgical actions that indicate like a greater degree of, 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 of presence. So we tend to not walk through cities genuflecting before we enter, you know, it ever happened to you, go into the cinema, you have your ticket, you walk down the aisle, you genuflect and, and, and go in. Uh, there's no, no need to do that because uh, you look strange. Um, but, but like if there's one host, one host on the planet, then we're, we're all in the presence of God. And actually, even if there isn't one host on the planet, the whole universe is still being held by God. So we are always in the presence of God, always, always. So that, that should affect then the way, I, the way I act. Like, you know, the way if we have this kind of Sunday morning faith where you have to behave a certain way in church for that 45 minutes on a Sunday and then that's that kind of done box ticked and then away I go with my life. Well, no, because out there you're actually still in the presence of God. Still. In the club, you're still in the presence of God. You actually imagine. Do you know what I mean? Even on the dance floor, you're still in the presence of God. You're still in the presence. Like he's not, not there. He hasn't been. He's not like he, he can't penetrate that area. I mean, he holds it in existence. So even there, in every pub, club, and party, the Lord is is there. Now, he may not be wanted, but it's not like we're out of His presence there, and therefore can do what we want. Like we're always in the presence of God. Why is that important? That is important because. In today's gospel, the Lord talks about the uh, what we might call the second coming. Right? So, um, asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God was to come, Jesus gave them this answer: The kingdom of God does not admit of observation. There will be none to say, "Look here, look there," for you must know the kingdom of God is among you. Okay. So, we've to, again, as, as most Catholic things, we have to balance them. What are the extremes, and we should be somewhere in the middle. Um, so. It's not that prophecy doesn't exist, and so anybody who says anything about the future is wrong. No, there are legitimate prophets, as there were back in Jesus' day as well, who said, you know, if you form pacts with the Assyrians, it will not work well. You know, there were, there were plenty of prophets who did prophesy future events. Okay, so prophecy, legitimate prophecy, is still, is still alive and active, thank God. Okay, that said, uh, the vast majority of, of, of prophets do not mention a certain date, because it, it can depend on how people correspond, how, how, if people pray, if people convert, if people don't. Uh, period of mercy may be extended or shortened, or who knows. So generally, um, prophets do not mention certain dates. But I think what's so important for us to take from that is that all of us should live as if the Lord is coming in a week's time anyway. Like when people, I sometimes joke about it, like, you know, when we talk about the second coming, or, and I always say, next Wednesday week. And I am obviously being somewhat facetious, sorry, but, but we should live as if the Lord is coming next Wednesday week. We should live as if the Lord is coming tomorrow. Because there can be a kind of a temptation to think that if I live as the Lord wants, I'm going to have less fun, less money, less success. Fewer clothes, as in for the ladies, I couldn't care less. But, uh, you know, like somehow life is going to be less fulfilling, but then towards the end of your life, you know, when you get old and you're miserable and nothing fits you anyway and you're all out of shape, uh, then it doesn't matter. Then you can just, you can just um, start aiming your, your life towards God then. Forgetting that 
the way, if you pardon the expression, the way to hell is hell. And the way to heaven is actually heaven. In the sense that if I live now aiming towards heaven, it actually makes my life better now. So if I live a regular prayer life and I try to live according to what the Lord wants of me, then I'm going to be more forgiving, more giving, more selfless, more serving, more honest, more faithful. That's a much better life now than living a life which is more selfish, more self-centered, more career-oriented, more money-oriented, more materialistic, and then eventually in the end in my 60s, 70s, or 80s, try and change all of that and try and convert and try and be more God-centered. My guess is by then, you mightn't even be able. You mightn't be able to change your mindset if you've been focused on these things all of your life, if you even get that far. Because who knows? You know, lightning bolts and getting kicked by a wild donkey. I mean, all these, anything. Anything could happen. A road accident, I mean, a plane crash, train crash, whatever. Um, so you don't know the day nor the hour. So it's always good to live in this, this attitude or this, 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 yeah, this, this attitude of Maranatha, you know, come Lord Jesus, that Lord, I'm ready for you to come now. Maranatha, it's, it's an Aramaic word. It means come our Lord. So come, come our Lord. Like, I'm, I want, I'm ready for you to come now. I prefer if I had a quick confession before you came. Uh, but, so if we can arrange that, that would be great. Uh, but, but ultimately, like, to, to live in this attitude, Lord, if you were to call me next week or tomorrow, or this evening, I should be ready to go. And I should look back on today and this last week and this last month with no regrets. Because any moment could be my last, any day could be my last, any mass could be my last, any adoration could be my last, any opportunity to meet someone and befriend them and love them and in some way kind of lift them closer to God, that might be my last shot at getting it right. So if I live that every day, it means I live a life with no regrets. So then I'm not missing anything. And that's, that's a happier life. The way, the, the way to hell is hell. The road to hell is hell. The road to hell. It, it, it's full of me serving me. Me satisfying me. And maybe pretending that I'm actually caring about those. I'm not really. Do you know, I might say, well, I'm, I'm giving everything into my career for my family. No, my, maybe it's not for your family at all. Your family don't need a BMW 8 Series. They don't. Do you know? Uh, Ford C-Max will do fine but uh, all these extra hours and you never see the kids and then the kids are brought up by a babysitter because they don't know you and then you wonder why they go off the rails when they're 17, 18 who are you dad? you know like the way to hell is hell and the way to heaven on the other hand it's, it's, it, when, when you put God first then others then yourself then your family falls into place and your relation with your wife or husband, children, in-laws, whew, that could be a tough one. Uh, all that it begins to, well, I'm not saying it's perfect and I'm not saying it's easy, but at least you know from yourself that you've no regrets, that you've done what you can. So if the Lord comes for you, what your mother-in-law or sister-in-law did or didn't do isn't really up to you. It's not your responsibility, but you're responsible for yourself. So if we live with this attitude of, you know, the Lord could come tomorrow, because sometimes people are very quick to point out, you know, false prophets who said this, that, and the other, and, no, and nothing happened. But I think it's great. I think it's fantastic to live with this attitude that it might be tomorrow. Now, I'm not going to prophesy that it is tomorrow, because that's not my vocation. But it, with the, to live in the attitude 
of this could be my last day. Um, I mentioned this recently as well, but in our sacristy inside, um, one of the girls uh, gave me a gift of something which I've seen in, in different churches around the place also in St. Mary Majors in Rome. But celebrate this Mass as if it was your first Mass, as if it was your last Mass, as if it was your only Mass. And so if a priest celebrates Mass, every single Mass, as if with the same maybe kind of almost fear and trepidation as he celebrated his first Mass, as his hands were all clammy, sticking to everything, and trying to, how do you lift the host properly, and how do you not kind of knock it wrong and not drop anything, and how do you not you know, set your vestments on fire, which is, you have to learn that. That's a bit of a thing. You should always be aware. Where are the flames around me right now? There's one there, and there's one behind me where the statue of Our Lady is. Or where, you know, because like our sisters, especially my community, they love candles. They, they, they love candles. They put candles everywhere. So um, in the month of November, Christmas, you've got candles. So you have to kind of, okay, I can take one step that way. If I take a step back that way, there may be a dramatic fireball. So we'll just keep nice and tidy side step around. <laughs> you always have to be aware. Where are the flaming objects? Okay. So, back on track. <laughs> so, summarizing. Uh, what the Lord wants for us is our joy, is our happiness. What the Lord wants for us is our good. And that also begins here. So if I live life with an attitude of Maranatha, come our Lord, then I'm ready. Whenever the day is, whenever the hour is, Hopefully he leaves me a little longer, but that's not my call. It's not my decision. But if I live every day well, then the road to heaven is actually heaven. The road to hell really isn't. The, the road to hell is, is hell. It's, it's selfishness. It's regret. It's anger. It's shame. So we should be very carefully discerning uh, when it comes to, to, to prophecies, but ultimately... It's wonderful to live with this attitude, Maranatha, come our Lord, that Lord, when we do meet you face to face, that we may be ready and that we may meet you as people who know you, that we may meet you as friends. Amen. So dear brothers and sisters, thank you so much for joining us for uh, this homily via YouTube, via our live stream, or via the various podcasts. Uh, thank you so much for, for being part of our extended family, uh, wherever you may be. Uh, if these have helped you in some way, if they have they've blessed you, if they've helped you uh, in your faith in some way, in order to uh, facilitate our mission and, and, and encourage our mission, allow our mission to continue, uh, you might consider uh, maybe donating towards a holy family mission, towards our formation of our young people here in uh, a place near Clonmel uh, in County Tipperary in, in Ireland. So if you wish, you can do so through our website, holyfamilymission.ie, and there's a donate tab there, and we greatly appreciate any help that you can give us. Obviously, we'd be delighted for your prayers as well. Please do pray for us. Uh, this is not just <coughs> a battle against flesh and blood but also obviously we're engaged in a whole spiritual battle here as well so we need your help uh, on the spiritual front as well as on the material front in order to to allow our mission to continue so thank you so much for your for your generosity and for your support and be assured of our prayers especially on wednesday when we offer our mass and our prayers for all of our friends and benefactors so god bless you and we'll hopefully see you or hear you uh, on a future podcast for homily god bless <laughs>